Anybody know who we're looking at this year on camp? Darren! That's the only call I told you. Well done! (laughs) Joseph. Now, there's many Josephs in the Bible, but you can probably tell by the colourful nature of the Joseph, which Joseph we're looking at. Anybody want to gather a guess? Come on, people. Surely, surely someone can... Darren, again! Fantastic! So how well... Do you know Joseph in the Old Testament? I figured it made sense for us just to do a bit of review and it now makes even more sense since no one even knew who I was talking about or wanted to say. To have a look at who Joseph in the Bible is and actually see what God might want to say to us before he talks to the kids on camp. So who were Joseph's parents? Now I like interaction if you haven't guessed. So let's hear, does anybody want to give a guess doesn't matter if you're right or wrong, who's Joseph's parents? Jacob and Rachel. Now, this is the family tree of Joseph, okay? So if we go all the way back up, we've got Abraham at the top here, Sarai, Isaac, Rebecca, Jacob, Esau. Jacob had two wives. Now, Jacob loved Rachel best and wanted to marry Rachel. But Rachel's dad played a trick. He worked for seven years or so got given Leah, had to work longer, got given Rachel, had two wives, had lots and lots of kids, but Rachel only had two kids. Joseph and Benjamin. Now, the thing to remember is that actually Jacob didn't just have 12 brothers, he actually had a sister. And that's just interesting to mention because everybody forgets the sister. So I thought I'd just mention to you, if you hadn't realised, that Joseph has a sister. But now we're forgetting about the sister and going back to the brothers. But still good to know, a sister. So Joseph and Benjamin are the only two kids of Rachel, not Leah, Rachel and Jacob. So what happened to Joseph? Now I'm going to do something that's going to freak some people out because I need two volunteers who think they know Joseph really, really well to come up here and compete for the cup of mints. <laughs> I have given up, because I forgot to buy something, I have given up a whole lot of mints that my kids gave me for Christmas. <laughs> so this is a big sacrifice on my behalf to give you a cup full of mints if you win the Joseph off. <laughs> so who would like to come and compete in the Joseph off? Oh, Jess, come on up, Jess. Okay, now Jess, on a scale of one to ten, how well do you think you know the story of Joseph? Um, like maybe a four. A four! <laughs> solid four. A solid four. Yeah. Okay, now surely there's someone out here who really, really needs some mints. Maybe your breath is not smelling the best. Sabri! Go, Sabri, go, Sabri. Oh, we're so excited to win these mints, I can tell. Okay, now Sabri. How much, one to, like one to ten, do you know the story of Joseph? Eight. An eight? Ooh. Okay, so who, who is going for Sabri? Oh. Who's going for Jess? The underdog. We all like the underdog. 
Now, this is how it's going to work, okay? I'm going to show you a picture. Now, the thing to remember is who knows what Joseph looked like? Like, no one knows what Joseph actually looked like. So just because Joseph looks different in every single picture I have, I'm sure you can work out which one Joseph is, okay? You're looking at a picture of something in the life of Joseph and you're telling me, first one in to tell me what that picture is telling us about Joseph. Okay, so if you put your hand up first, Asha, you're going to be our judge. Okay, I think you'll be fair. You've got a good view. You can tell us who puts the hand up first. You're up for it? Okay. Okay, Justin Zabri, you ready? Yep. First hand up. <laughs> tell us what this is about. <laughs> Jess! Okay, his father gave him a rainbow coat because he was pretty much the favourite. Brilliant! Big hand for Jess! <laughs> It has too much black in it, so... Okay, Peter, can you be our scorer, please? So one point to Jess. Okay, ready? Oh. Sabri! Oh, sorry, I don't even... Sorry, Asha. <laughs> Asha, whose hand went up first? Sabri! <laughs> he had a dream about seven things of wheat and, like, seven scrawny ones ate them. Ooh, no! no. Not quite! Jess, do you want to jump in and win the, uh, beat the point? Um, something like they were. Someone was worshiping him. Yeah, was it represented his seven brothers and they worshipped him? And I don't yeah, know. yeah, Jess, I you fast forwarded. <laughs> you fast forwarded. Yeah, they're actually in order. Okay. Okay. Next one. Oh, Sabrina, <laughs> got it. So the moon and the stars are bowing down. To, yeah. to who? Joseph. Fantastic. Okay, next one. Sabrina. <laughs> his brothers put him in a well. Fantastic. Jess. And then they sold, sold him into slavery. Yes. Or someone picked him up on the side of the road. And <laughs> <laughs> like he got sold into slavery. Yeah, that's the one. I, I like the look in your face. He's really confident, but give it to us. Well, it looks like he's writing something, but I don't know. Does that have something to do with Potiphar? Yes. Do you remember who, what, was, what was Joseph's position in Potiphar's house? Jess, what was Joseph's position in Potiphar's house? I don't know. <laughs> okay, does anybody, want, does anybody else know? Peter, Peter, give it to us. He's, he's overseeing it all. Okay, next one. Okay, Sabrina. So he's escaping from Potiphar's wife and his coat came off. Fantastic. Do I get bonus points for knowing the coat? <laughs> no. No bonus, just straight points. Okay, this is a really easy one. He got locked up because he was accused of sleeping with Potiphar's wife. Fantastic. Okay, Sabri? So, the people in the prison had dreams and he interpreted them. Fantastic. Now, do you remember what happened to the two prisoners? Okay, give it to us. Uh, the baker died and the cupbearer lived. Cool. So, the cupbearer got his job back with the pharaoh, baker got killed, which I don't know if you really want to know you're going to die before you die, but he did. Now, this is the one you were talking about before. Sabree! So then, I forgot who, but one of the guys, the official guys, had a dream. Yep, called and like Pharaoh. Yeah, Pharaoh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Pharaoh. Yeah, he had a dream about seven fat cows and then seven skinny cows. Cows eat them. 
Cool. And do you remember what that dream told us? Yeah. So there, <laughs> there's seven like good years and then seven bad years with no food. Fantastic. <laughs> so what did Pharaoh do? <laughs> Zabri. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, it's coming back to me as she's talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's the whole point. That is the whole point of this. Go, Sabri. Uh, he makes, like, Joseph come interpret the dream. Or did he already do that? Oh, okay. Yes, so he's interpreted the dream and then Pharaoh he does makes, something. He makes him important. Yep, so he makes him, over, <laughs> like, he goes over all of Egypt. So, so Joseph now is collecting the food that's in abundance during the year of plenty and then giving it out during the year of famine to those who need it. Okay, next one. Sabrina! <laughs> So he's giving out all the grain and his brothers come. Fantastic. So Jacob says to the, his sons, hey, Egypt has food, go get them. And so they're bowing down towards Joseph. Joseph knows who they are. Brothers have no idea it's Joseph that they're bowing towards. Sabrina! <laughs> he puts the money back in their bag. Fantastic. So Joseph puts the money back in their bag and sends them off, but says you've got to keep a brother behind to prove that you're not spies. So one brother stays behind as they have to go back to get their other brother and the father to prove that they're not spies. Sabrina! <laughs> they come back to give the money back. <laughs> Fantastic. So they come back, they come back with Benjamin, Joseph's brother, and years later they come back to get more grain. They get given more grain and what happens? Sabrina! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he puts the cup in Benjamin's bag. Yeah, and what do the brothers do? Freak out. They freak out. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, Benjamin's the one that, like, is the only son left of Rachel. Dad's going to kill us. This is not going to be good. But then what happens? Jess! <laughs> I, I, <laughs> go, Jess, go, Jess! Um, like Joseph finally reveals to his brothers who he is and he welcomes them back into his, his life. Fantastic. Now, let's just give a few seconds because I'm sure Peter has to tally up the scores to see who wins here. Because it's such a close, close race. But Peter, who wins my cup of mints? <laughs> Sabree, a big hand for Sabree. Why, thank you. You are welcome to eat them. Now, hopefully, that gave you all, I know my pictures are not the greatest, but hopefully that gave you all a good review of what the story of Joseph is like. So when Peter tells us on camp, or if you ever have someone quiz you again, you will know the story. Because lots of things happen in Joseph's life. So Joseph was very much loved by his father, but then he was hated by his brothers. So much so, they wanted to kill him. They sold him into slavery. So he's sold into slavery, and then he's put in charge of Potiphar's whole household. And then once he's put in charge of Potiphar's whole household, he's unjustly put in prison. He's put in prison for something he did not do. He was doing completely the right thing, ends up in jail. So he's in jail, and he's put in charge of all the prisoners in jail. And then he interprets some dreams, and the cupbearer says, I'll remember you, doesn't, forgets about Joseph, goes about being a cupbearer in the Pharaoh's 
palace, really happy until he interprets Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh has a dream. No one else can interpret it. And then the cupbearer, like two years after he's been let out of jail, goes, oh, yeah, I know a guy who might help. Go to the jail, get Joseph. Joseph interprets the dream. And then he's put in charge of all of Egypt. So there's pretty much Pharaoh and then Joseph in, the, in all of Egypt. That's how high up Joseph was put. And then at the very end, he gets reunited with his family and all his family moves to Egypt. And just because I like to finish stories, they move to Egypt, they have families, they do lots of things, they become slaves in Egypt. And then we go to Moses, who gets them out of Egypt. But this is how the Israelites actually get to Egypt in the first place. But if you ever wondered how did the Israelites end up in Egypt, all because of Joseph, the famine, his brothers coming and they stayed there for a very long time before Moses finally got them out. Well, God got them out with Moses helping. Some, when you look at Joseph's life, some people might say it's a bit of a roller coaster. He's a whole heap of ups and a whole heap of downs. He's like favoured by his, bro, his father, just living life, and all of a sudden he's sold into slavery. He's a head of Pharaoh's household, And with nothing that Joseph did, he's put in jail. But I actually think that a roller coaster is the wrong ride to be talking about when it comes to Joseph's life. Because with a roller coaster, you know what's coming. With a roller coaster, you know that when you go up, after a while you're going to go down. And you know that's what's going to happen. So I'd like to introduce to you to the ride that I think more connects to Joseph's life. And it's this one here. This is a picture of Disney's California Adventures. And many years ago, Matt and I went to California Adventures. Now, I need to point out that I made Matt go because he does not like Disney, does not like rides very much. Like, he does a tiny bit, but I'm more the ride person. But we went to Disneyland and California Adventures is next door, so we got a pass to go to both. And we went when it was really quiet. It was January... All of America went back to school. We're there. So the rides were really easy to get onto. We pretty much just walked up, got onto the ride, and got to enjoy them. So this one in the middle here. Oh, let me point to it so you can tell. This one here is called Mickey's Fun Wheel. It's a Ferris wheel. So we thought, what a great way to see great views of all of California Adventures and Disneyland by going on Mickey's Fun Wheel, and hopefully we'll stop up the top and get the great views. That is not what happened. Because if any of you have ever been on this ride or know of this ride, this is what happens. Okay, have a look at these ones here. All of a sudden, whee, you drop really, really fast and you feel like you're going over the sea. Now, if you look at these ones, these ones are stationary. They don't do anything. But then watch again as this one all of a sudden falls, free falls over the lake. So this is not the Ferris wheel that we were expecting. This was a Ferris wheel that we happened just to walk into, happened to walk into one of these ones, and we're sitting there thinking, 
I hope we get to stop at the top and all of a sudden we're free falling <laughs> over the water and screaming. And because it was so unexpected, it's pre- Matt was screaming too, don't worry, Brent, Trent. I think Matt would say it was the scariest ride he went on because Matt likes to know what's happening. And if we had looked at this ride before we went on it, we may have just known that it was going to free fall and then be prepared. We weren't prepared. We weren't ready for it. It just happened. We were expecting a Ferris wheel. And we got like this ride where you drop. Well, you don't. It actually stops and it's all fine. And I loved it. It was great fun. But it was really unexpected. And that is more what Joseph experienced. He didn't expect the up and downs that happened. Now, we all expect up and downs in our life. But for Joseph, there's no way that Joseph expected to be so hated by his brothers that they would sell him into slavery. There's no way that Joseph expected that as he is doing the best he can for Potiphar, he's not going to sleep with Potiphar's wife He's moving away from that situation. The Potiphar's wife is going, to be, is going to lie. She's going to be believed and he's going to end up in jail. That is not what Joseph expected. When Joseph interpreted the cupbearer's dream, I would think he would expect to be out of prison pretty soon. Because the cupbearer said, I'll remember you. But he didn't. Things happen in Joseph's life that were not just oh, wow, isn't this a bit interesting? They were completely and utterly unexpected. Not only were they unexpected, but they weren't what he wanted. Nobody would want to be a slave. So where was God in this? This is what it tells us in Genesis 39. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord gave him every success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and, and become, became his intendant. Potiphar would put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. God was with Joseph. Even as a slave, God was with Joseph. But as we know, he didn't continue as a slave. He ends up in jail, unjustly so. And this is what happens when he's in jail. It tells us, but while Joseph was in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him his kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. So that the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. God was with Joseph. How fantastic is that? Just think about what it must have meant to Joseph to know that God was with him. In the midst of being a slave, in the midst of being in jail, that God was there. And the thing is, it's the same for us. If you actually know God, if you know Jesus, God is with you. Matthew tells us, and sure, this is Jesus speaking, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
And John tells us, And I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Because we know God, because of what Jesus has done, the Holy Spirit was sent so that wherever you go, God is with you. So when you're on camp this week, God's there. When you're at home, God's there. When you're at work, God's there. There is nowhere that you are that God is not because God is with you. How cool is that? And that is something that we can trust on and can rely on, that God is actually with us. So God was with Joseph. But Joseph was a slave. And Joseph was unfairly put in prison. This really doesn't sit very well with me. And it doesn't sit well with a lot of people's theology. Because if God was with Joseph... Shouldn't God have removed him from slavery or stopped him from becoming a slave in the first place? And if God was with Joseph, surely he wouldn't be unfairly put in prison because God's with him. But that's not what we find. We find that Joseph is in prison, Joseph is a slave, and God, the Bible tells us, is clearly with Joseph. There's lots of people say that that can't actually be the case. If God is with you and if God has blessed you, that means that life must always happen the way that you want it to. It should always work out well. There should be no unexpected twists and turns that aren't good twists and turns. And if there are, then maybe God isn't with you. But that is completely out of rubbish. I want to ask you a question today, and that is, what is your butt? It's got only one T, even though I can't spell correctly and may, you know, but I think we all do it. We say, God loves me. I know God loves me, but I don't really know if he does. Or, oh, just like some people, oh, yeah, I know that God is always with me. But surely he's not here. I know the promises of God, but I don't really believe them because of what I see. I know God is going to be on camp, but I'm so scared and nervous that I wish I wasn't even here or going. What is the but that you put in there that actually shouldn't be there. God was with Joseph, but Joseph was a slave, but Joseph was unfairly put in prison. That but should not be there. It should be while. Because God was with Joseph while he was in prison. And God was with Joseph while he was unfairly, uh, while he was a slave. And it's the same with us. God is with us while we're scared of the unknown. God is with us while work is awful and I wish I could get out of here. God is with us while that relationship that I'm working so hard in is breaking down. God is with us while all of those things are happening. Because that is the kind of God that we have. Not a God that is distant, but a God that is close. And a God is, who is there while those things are happening 
because he loves us. Joseph actually knew one more thing. Not only that God was with him, but that God was trustworthy. And we should know the same thing too. Psalm tells us, those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Or Hebrews tells us, let us hold tightly without waver to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. That's why that but doesn't exist. It's not only because God is with us, but because he's trustworthy. And so even if he hasn't done what you think he should be doing, it doesn't mean he isn't actually doing stuff. You see, Joseph trusted God because Joseph didn't focus on his circumstances. If you think about it, if Joseph focused on his circumstances, he would have just been devastated because his brothers hated him so much like that itself would take you a lifetime to get over. If your family hated you so much they wanted to kill you and decide to make you a slave, like just think about that for a second. But we know that Joseph wasn't bitter and angry. Even just being unfairly put in prison would make you mad. And God could have changed it if he wanted to. But Joseph didn't focus on his circumstances. He focused on who his God was. And he knew his God was with him and he knew his God was trustworthy. And so the circumstances didn't actually matter because the circumstances didn't change those truths. You see, what Joseph did was that through it all, through the good things that happened to him and through the bad things, his eyes were actually on his God. And his God who was with him and his God who was trustworthy. And I want to encourage each one of us here today to do the same thing. That no matter what circumstances you find yourself in, if life is all that you want it to be, or if life is not at all what you hoped and dreamed of, I want to tell you the truth still remains that God is with you and he is trustworthy. And that doesn't change no matter what your circumstances are. And when we know that and when we live that, that's where we live in freedom. And that's where we live being able to be all that God wants us to be. Because when we're on camp, things might happen that are not ideal. I'm sure those who went on Adelaide camp did not want gastro. That was not what they prayed for. That is not what they wanted. They prayed probably for God to stop it. But while gastro was happening at Adelaide, God was there. And he was still trustworthy and he was still working. And whatever happens this week, be it the highs and the amazing things that God's going to do or the things that we wish never happened, God is there and he is trustworthy. And that doesn't just happen on camp. That happens in every second of our life. Wherever you are at right now where you think, yep, I know this to be true, but God is still there and he is still trustworthy. And even if that situation never changes, and it's good to pray for it too, and it's good to hope for it too, and it's good to work for it too, but even if it never changes, God is still there, and he is still trustworthy. And that's what Joseph taught me when I looked at him again these last couple of weeks, is that while he was in prison, while he was a slave, while things were happening to him that he did not want, God was with him and God is trustworthy. And what I want us to do right now is just to spend some time with God and give him your butt. Whatever your butt is, 
whatever you've said to yourself or think, it could be something that you think often, it could be something that you're thinking right now, that you say, oh, I know this, but what about this? I want you just to spend some time by yourself with God and just tell him, even though you might not know it right now, you're going to trust that it's why all those things are happening. It's not but, but it's while. It's while those circumstances are there. It's while you're feeling that way that God is with you and God is trustworthy. So why don't we just spend some time giving him our but. God, I want to thank you that the truth remains that you are always with us. I want to thank you for the truth that you are always trustworthy. And God, just here and now, Lord, we want to give you our but. I want to give you the thing that we say or the thing that we think right now, God, that stops us from fully realising that you are with us. That stops us from living in the freedom that that brings. And Lord, we just pray this coming week, whatever holds God, we will know because it's truth that you are with us and that you are trustworthy, God. So we give you our but, God. We give you the thing that we say because we don't truly hold on to and believe the truth of your word, God. And we want to say, God, we want to believe your word and we want to stand in your word because we know it's true. And through it all, God, we want to look to you and not to our circumstances, God. So thank you. Thank you for being trustworthy. Thank you for being with us, God. And thank you that Joseph gives us a great reminder of someone who knew that you were with him while he was going through awful things, God. And while he was going through brilliant things, God, he knew you were with him and he knew you were trustworthy. And we want to be people who live like that too, God. Amen.